Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. All right. Uh, Let's start off with John chapter 2. Find John chapter 2, but then also find Ephesians chapter 5. John chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 5. The title of this uh, morning's message is A Miracle. A mystery, a marriage. And, uh, you know, you get a little sentimental about this little chapel. And some of the things that I remember here is the, uh, is the weddings that we've had that have been special. And, uh, and, but most of all, those that have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior that have been uh, born again here and saved here, that's a miracle every time. And here in John chapter 2, beginning in verse... One, the Bible says, In the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and the disciples to the marriage. And of course you know this story, how it, how it goes, that uh, they, they run out of the wine here, and Jesus tells them to grab the water pots and uh, to fill them up with water. And when they served it, it was, it was wine. It was the best. It was a miracle. In verse 11, the Bible says, This being, uh, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. So, this is the beginning of Christ's miracles. This is the first of Christ's miracles. And he does it here and at a wedding, at a marriage. Christ's presence here at this marriage is a blessing for sure. Would you not agree with that? That Christ's blessing, uh, Christ's presence anywhere is a blessing. That's why we ask for His presence in our service because, my goodness, without it, it would, uh, it would be empty. It would be nothing. Uh, but He does a miracle. Do you believe in miracles? We believe in miracles, of course. These miracles and of Christ, he begins here with turning the which I find is interesting because uh, the beginning of Moses's miracles or uh, how he started the first in the the plagues, if you will, of of uh, the first judgment on Egypt was his turning the water into blood, and here we see Christ turning the water into wine, and the difference is one is uh, shows judgment and the other shows the grace of God. But here we see this beginning of miracles um, at a wedding. But the Bible starts uh, with a marriage and the miracle of marriage. What is a miracle? A miracle is something that is uh, a supernatural event. Something that is not in the natural course of things, the way of things. And let me just say this, marriage is a miracle. In the eyes of God, a marriage is a, is a miracle. It is a two becoming one. <laughs> and I'd say two very different people <laughs> becoming 
one, okay? This is a miracle, right? And it starts in Genesis chapter 2, where the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and took one of his ribs and closed the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman. There's a lot of jokes that go along with these verses. I'm going to spare you from all of them this morning. And brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be what? One flesh. That's a miracle. Uh, a bigger miracle, though, than Christ turning the water into wine. A bigger miracle, and it is a big miracle, of God taking a man and a woman, very different, and making them one, is this mystery now that I brings us to. The miracle of Christ and the church. Christ and the church. I told you to grab Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, and this may be a familiar passage to many of you, but it's familiar because it's so good. It's familiar because it's so true. He says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, Husbands, love your wives. Now, there's a joke uh, at our house that typically... Uh, I, 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 I pray, I start praying for Sunday's message on Sunday night, and typically by Wednesday I'm hoping to have started it, but sometimes I'll have uh, messages a couple out, a couple weeks out, and sometimes I have got no ideas. All day Wednesday, you know, trying to figure it out, trying to study, trying, no ideas. And so a lot of times Rebecca will ask me Wednesday night or Thursday, what you preaching Sunday? And I'll say... I have no idea. Like, I don't know. I'm, you know, and, and as it goes, each day gets a little more. And so she always has this suggestion. She always says, well, you can always preach husbands love your wives. <laughs> this, this has been an ongoing thing. So this morning, she gets her message. Husbands love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I mean, you read that verse. Do you believe that Jesus Christ loves the church? Oh yeah. Why do you believe that? Because He gave Himself for it. That He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water. How? By the Word. That He might present it to Himself. Present what to himself? The church. A glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. 
For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they two shall be one flesh. And here it is. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. The mystery here, the miracle is marriage. The mystery here is uh, Christ and the church. You ever just think about this? What did he see in us? <laughs> the mystery is that he saw something in us. I mean, he saw who is the church? Who is the church? Is it, is it the building? Of course not. It's those that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. It is those to whom Christ has given eternal life or new life. It's those that He has promised to become one with. This marriage that is uh, far more important, and I'm not taking anything away from the earthly marriage. I'm not taking anything away from that by saying that Christ in the church is the the ultimate uh, picture here. This is the great miracle. This is the great ministry. You say, who is this offer for for Christ to be uh, to take as his own, whosoever will, whosoever will. This is a miracle that Christ becomes uh, one with the church, the head of the church. He be- this is a mystery. It's glorious, I believe. The reason why we celebrate at weddings um, is because remember last uh, last Sunday's message. Uh, and, the, and the prodigal son where the father says about the son uh, when he came home, he said it was meet that we should make merry. I mean, he's saying, hey, it's necessary at this point in time to make merry. Why, why did the father say that? Because the, the picture that the father was saying was the, what he said about the lost sheep and the lost coin, that there's joy in the presence of heaven over one sinner that repented. There's joy in the presence of the angel. The reason why we celebrate at, at a wedding is because it's a picture and type of those that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And can I say this? That if you've done that, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and we believe the Scripture, there was a time when heaven had a party over you. The time that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the angels of heaven in the presence of God rejoiced because of your salvation. That's good news. He said, hey, it's a time of celebration. It's a time of celebration. What a miracle, what a mystery that Christ, God, would give Himself for us. Think about that. That God would give Himself for us. Wow. Look at, look at Ephesians 5 and verse 2. You're in Ephesians 5. He says, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given Himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God 
for a sweet-smelling savor. I had to ask myself when I read this, why do you have to sacrifice to show love? Like, can't you just say you love somebody? You know? Why you got to sacrifice to show love? When the Bible defines charity, when the Bible defines love, you know what it says? He says it's not self-fulfilling. It seeketh not our own. You know what it says? It's not selfish. You know, if, if, if love was all about what I get out of it, if it was all about self-fulfillment, it wouldn't be love. You know what the sacrifice of love shows is our true intentions. And Christ made it clear. I think Christ made it clear that He loves us. Do you, do you believe that? Yeah. That's important, I think, to believe. I think it's a fundamental, foundational thing that in your heart you believe that. That Christ loves you. That He proved His love. That love was manifested on the cross that His death for you, his, his sacrifice, His offering was Him giving Himself so that we could have Him. So that we could get to God. So that we could be righteous. So that we could have the hope of eternal life. He gave Himself a sacrifice for us to redeem us of our sins. Now, husbands, this is a high calling, a high standard for us that we love our wives as Christ loved the church. You say impossible. Well, yes, in our own self, in our own flesh, it is. But we have Christ's Spirit in us. Right? We have Christ's examples for us. And to know that Christ loved us, I believe, and to, and to understand what he, how He sacrificed for us will help us love others. Do you agree with that? That is you, I believe you see that in the life of John where he was uh, at one point called the Son of Thunder and then later be called the Apostle of Love. And why? Because he referred to himself over and over as the disciple in whom Jesus loved. I mean, if you believe that, that Jesus loves you, I know that sounds like, oh, Jesus loves you. That's a kid's song or something like that. No, 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 no. It'll change our lives. Yes, sir. It'll change our absolute lives. The Bible says uh, in John eleven five. now Jesus loved Martha. And Mary uh, and, and her sister and Lazarus. You know, it's good to know that Christ loves you. Can you put your Can you put your name in that verse? That Christ loved me. In Revelation one and verse five, it says, "Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the Prince, the Kings of the earth, Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood." Jesus Christ loves us. The greatest um, I think one of the greatest pictures, if we were to take this I don't have time this morning unfortunately to illustrate this whole story of love and Christ and the church is going to be found in, in, in Genesis in the story of Isaac's marriage. If you read that whole uh, uh, a chapter there of Isaac's marriage. You know what you see? You see Abraham as a picture of the father sending the servant a picture of the Holy Ghost to, to uh, convince a bride 
for Isaac. And of course, Rebecca being a picture of the church and Isaac being a picture of Christ. And you know the story how, how, how the servant was able to convince uh, Rebecca to go and marry Isaac sight unseen, right? And to go with him. And, and uh, the last verse of this, of this whole chapter, chapter 24, says this. Isaac brought her, Rebekah, into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. You know, this picture of Isaac in, in love with Rebekah, this is a picture of Christ's love for us, Christ's love for the church. And you know what it is? It's a mystery. It's a miracle. It's glorious that Christ would want to be united with us. That He would want to be in unity with us. You know, that's what marriage is. It's a union, is it not? It's a union. And, and, and this picture shows our union with Christ. I think it's important that we know the theology of marriage. But Jesus said this in Mark 10, he says, but from the beginning of, cre- of the creation of God made them, or excuse me, but from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put Asunder. You know, I believe it's important that we're careful not to divorce marriage from the, from the theology and doctrine of God. Why? Because it was His idea in the first place. A marriage was His idea. He is the one who established marriage. And, and He established it for, for a reason. It wasn't just... It was, there's a lot of benefits to it. I mean, tons of benefits, social benefits, physical, emotional, all those sort of things. But it, there was a greater reason of why he established it. It was because it was a picture of something. Christ and the church. And he designed it and decided that this is the way it should be. Why? Because it can be a visible, tangible representation of something greater. Something that we ourselves and the world can see. Something that points to the gospel. Marriage, it points toward Christ in the center. That intimacy and commitment and purity and union and friendship that we the believer can have with Christ. As sacred as marriage is, again, as sacred as marriage is, it's, it's a picture of something uh, even more sacred and more holy. And that is our relationship with Christ. He says there in that passage, Ephesians uh, 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 5, that he, uh, he may uh, sanctify it, that he might sanctify it. You know, Christ is the one that sanctifies the church. You know, he sets us apart. You know, we're not of this world. We're in the world. We're to be a light of the world. We're to witness to the world. But we're not to love the world. We're to love Christ. We're His. We're united with Him. The world has a way of choking the Word out, doesn't it? Has a way of choking the life out of us. And so He says, no, I want you all to Myself. Is that wrong? Is that wrong for Christ to say, no, I want My church for Me? 
The church is not for the world. The church can witness and be a light, but it's mine. I want you. He has a God. Would you agree that he has a godly jealousy over us? A godly jealousy over us? He wants us to not be ashamed that we are his and that he is ours. In John chapter 12, he says, there's this verse that says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him. This is interesting. He says, you know, these chief rulers that were all acted outraged by Christ. He said, the Bible says that there was many of them that actually believed on Jesus. But because, the, because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Here are these great people, these chief rulers. And you know what they said? I believe in Jesus, but because I want my position and my place in the synagogue and I know what it would mean to say I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to let anybody know where I stand. I'm not going to let anybody know who I believe on. I'm not going to confess that Jesus Christ is God. I'd rather have the praise of men than I would to have the praise of God. You know what I find interesting about marriage? Is that these folks the husband and the wife, are willing to get up here in front of everybody and make commitments. I mean make vows. Ah, they're swearing before God, right? And do all these things. I guarantee, you know, the young couples are getting ready to get married. They have the days counted down. They, they know the hours and the minutes till their marriage. They would shout it from the rooftops if they could. They would be like, I am his and he is mine. Uh, the, the, the wife is gladly willing to take his last name. You understand what I'm saying? It's not something that they're ashamed. If they're ashamed that their friends find out they're getting married to somebody, there may be a clue here that this might not be working out. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? That might be a clue if you're ashamed already before the wedding. Uh, listen, when we as Christians, we're one with Christ, there is nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. He is ours and yeah. we are His. You, and by the way, uh, we are the ones that are the benefactors. Yeah. You know, when, and I've used this example many times, that in a, in a wedding, in a marriage, all that is His becomes hers, and all that is hers becomes His. All. All. It's all. They, they become one flesh. Right? And so that happens. Same happens with us in Christ. All that is ours now is now Christ. Would you agree with that? And, and if there's a, a little bit of a, selfish, uh, a selfishness that starts to rise up in that, wait. Because all that is His becomes ours. And I guarantee we, are the, we get the better end of the deal. <laughs> we get the better end of the deal of this. And there is nothing to be ashamed of. You know what? John the Baptist was struggling with is Christ, is Christ the one? You know, and, and, and Jesus said, go your way and tell John. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Amen. You know what he said? Hey, you go tell John that if he, that, hey, yeah, he's going to take your head off, but there's nothing to be worried about. Don't be offended in that. You stand up for me and I'll stand up for you. Amen. That's what Christ says. Uh, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's what Paul said. For it's the power of God unto salvation. He said that stuff all the way up till his head came off too. He was not ashamed. Why? It's because we're a Christian. Yeah. I, I, I mean this. There is no higher calling that we could ever attain to than to say that we're one with Christ. Amen. I mean nothing. 
You could any title, anything. You could say whatever you want. Put behind your name, front of your name, round your name. They could be said about you. But to say that you are saved and born again, one with Jesus Christ, what is there to be ashamed of? Nothing to be ashamed of. Why? Because he's good to us. Look at look at verse twenty eight of Ephesians five. Verse twenty eight of Ephesians five. Don't be ashamed that you're a Christian. You know what? You know what? The gospel is so important. We, we're going to have a gospel meeting in May, and uh, preach the gospel. You say, "Why?" I think it's a. I think it's a good way to get the church started. Get get the church started, opened up. Why? Uh, because that's what the church is about. It's about the gospel. It's about Jesus Christ, and we're not ashamed of it. It's what we have to preach. That's what we have to have to say. He says in verse twenty eight. He says, "So ought men to love their wives, even as their own body." He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Can I say this in a real practical way? Uh, do yourself a favor, husbands. Yes. Do yourself a favor, husbands, and love your wives. Yes, sir. That's what he's saying. Do yourself a favor. This is, this is good for you. Husbands, love your wives, even as you love yourself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherish it even as the Lord, the church. You know what can happen in this marriage between us and, and Christ? Is there can be great joy. There can be great satisfaction of coming together with Christ and being one with Christ. The amazing thing is, is that Jesus Christ Himself gets joy from us. Hebrews 12 to looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. He went through the suffering. Why? Because He looked down the road and saw joy. You say, what was the joy? His bride. Us. The church. And there is a satisfaction. There is a, uh, there is a joy that comes through a relationship with Christ. Can I say this? that not every Christian is called to be married. Not every Christian is called to be married. But every Christian is called to be sanctified and called to be one with Christ. Every Christian is called to find their joy and their satisfaction and their love in this fellowship with Christ. And actually, even more so to those that are single. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 32, But I would have you uh, without carefulness. He that is unmarried care for the things that belongeth to the Lord. How he may what? Please the Lord. So he says, hey, if you are single, if you aren't married, hey, that gives you more uh, opportunity to be one with Christ, more time with Him, more ways to be able to please the Lord. How do you please the Lord? By faith. By fellowship with Him. Isn't that amazing that Christ wants to fellowship with us? Yeah, amen. That He wants to have a relationship with us, that He wants us to come to Him and believe that He is. You know, there's actually a disappointment in marriage if we think that the human marriage is going to be uh, what fulfills us in life, that's going to fulfill all our desires and, and this uh, companionship is going to be all that we need. That's a mistake to believe. 
This is a gift from God, but it is not where we find all of our satisfaction. That's putting way too much on your spouse to think that they can satisfy all your needs and all your emotional needs and all these things. That has to, you have to rely upon the Lord for that. Earthly marriage is just a metaphor, a representation of the true relationship where we do meet all of our desires and things, which is salvation, which is a daily walk with Christ, which uh, salvation will lead us and continue on into sanctification. And by the way, as a church, what a testimony to the world. Aren't we called as a church to be a light to the world? Would it not be a light to the world? Would it not be a testimony to the world if it was clear and obvious that we as a church... Uh, find all of our satisfaction, find all of our, uh, all of our joy in Christ alone. You know, it, it's kind of, it's you kind of wonder if the church needs all the worldly things to make it happy. If the church needs all these worldly things to fulfill it. No, we don't. We need Christ. You know what we need? We need Christ. We need Christ alone. He alone can fulfill our needs and He alone can fill, fulfill our all in all. This marriage that I'm talking about, this mystery, this miracle, this greater marriage, it's from the beginning to the end of the Bible, by the way. It's from Genesis 2, which we've already talked about, in Adam and Eve, uh, and, and, and it goes all the way to the book of Revelation with Christ in the church. In Revelation 19.17, the Bible says this, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife hath made herself ready. Who's the Lamb? Christ. Who's the wife? The church, the bride. He says in 21, Revelation 21, Come hither, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And then from that moment on in chapter 21, He starts to describe New Jerusalem that He's prepared for us. This capital of the new world and the new heaven. And He goes on to say in twenty at the end of 21, And I saw uh, no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. He went, no need for church in heaven. No need for the temple there. He says, And the city had no need of the sun either, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor unto it. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations unto it. And there shall be uh, in no wise enter in anything that defileth, neither whosoever committeth abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's where our name needs to be written. In the Lamb's book of life. You say, how is it? that I can know that I have my name written down in the Lamb's book of life? How can I know that I have eternal life? How can I be sure that I've been part of this greater marriage, this greater miracle and mystery? Uh, Can I say, by faith? By faith? Believe on Him? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on Me, though he are dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then Jesus says this, Believest thou this? Do you believe that? Do you believe that the way to be in the right relationship with God, with Christ, is by salvation through Jesus Christ? For God so loved the world 
that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's by faith that we receive Christ. It's by faith that we receive His Spirit and begin to walk and live with Christ. How? By faith. The same way that we receive Him. He gives us His Spirit. The Bible says that He seals us until the day of redemption. Showing that we are His and that He is ours. Like in our culture where we give the engagement ring or we put those things on. He says, uh, this person is mine. I'm going to seal them with my Spirit. I'm going to give them my Spirit and that will keep them till the day of redemption. Can we see Jesus Christ and the love that He has for us? I think that's important for us as the church to know that it's because of His love or what He did that He gave Himself for us. He held nothing back. He wants us for His own. He wants us to be faithful to Him. Right? He wants us to be uh, uh, committed to Him. He wants us... That's not unreasonable, is it? He wants us to be in unity with Him. How He can be our joy. And amazingly, we can be His joy. His promises to us uh, that He will never leave us nor forsake us. And He will uh, keep that promise. This is a miracle. This is a mystery. And it's, it's about Christ and the church. Aren't you glad this morning to be able to be a part of that marriage? To be able to be a part of that a great mystery. And if you're not this morning, you can. You say, how? By putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Say, God, I'm turning from everything I've trusted in. My good works, my everything. I'm turning from anything that I believe in and I'm believing on you, Jesus Christ. I'm, it's, like a, it's like that's what is a marriage. We, we commit to each other, right? They'll say, I'm turning from anyone else and I'm, I'm committing only to you. That's what a marriage is. That's what you do when you receive Christ as your Savior. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.